You're faithful, Jesus. You are so faithful. So it doesn't matter if you're going to the nations or your neighborhood or just praying for one that's down the hall. God's faithful to bring him. God's faithful to complete everything that he started in him. And I agree with Dan. It's not what we do. It's who we're trusting in. It's who we're trusting in. He is able. Fully able. Dan, that's... I am so excited for you. Because now the journey's just begun. Now you're going to get to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Over her life. Over her life. Mm. Man, that's good. And it's for all the rest of us too. Right? Because we all carry people in our heart. We all carry them there. I don't know what someone's motioning in some the, yeah. the baskets, yes. Oh the baskets, thank you. We pray over prodigals every Wednesday from six AM to six PM. And if you have someone, if you're carrying someone whose name isn't already in the prodigal baskets, you feel free to put them in. Write their name. That's all you need. You don't need we don't need a description, a story, we don't need the testimony, the woes or the or anything. We just need a name. Because God knows all the stuff. God knows all of it. And that. Thank you, Cindy, for reminding me. Just, I don't know what all this was. And it just took me a minute. <laughs> hey, I want to say thankful to all of you. All of you here. All of you online. All of you who, who were here two weeks ago when we celebrated my birthday. I want to thank Rosie's team for their, their glorious... Glorious celebration that we had. And that, I want to thank all of you for your, your, your kindness and your cards and, your, and the blessings and, and all of that. I am not a birthday person. I would, I would skip it every year if I could. But somehow it still keeps coming back. But I want to say to all of you, thank you. Thank you for your, your kindness and your, and your blessings. It really, it did, it, it, it. You know, it made a, made a difference in my day. I enjoyed, I, I mean, there was a lot of laughter and a lot of remembering and a lot of, a lot of that. So I thank you for, for all being here and a part and celebrating in that. And I just wanted to publicly, it was a public celebration, so I wanted a public thank you to everybody who was a part in that. So thank you all. All right. Now that I, you know, after that song, I could have just went home. You know, so I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off where I left off two weeks ago, because it was funny uh, when when Pastor said he was, he's going up to June Mountain with his kids, and then he was going to Big Bear with the second group of kids, and and all that, and he said, oh, he goes, and, and I want you to speak, Pastor, and I said, I just spoke. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, you know, pick someone else. Let's choose the lot. Let's whatever you got to do. And you know, again, I I come up here under 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 the pretense of fear and trembling because I love the Lord. But man, I, it's not in. My, I used to think when I was in elementary school, I was like that that class clown. And I don't know if I'm still living under that trauma, 
of the class clown of just getting in trouble all the time that makes me not want to come up and be in front of people? I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll book an appointment with Shirley and see if I can find out what that is or, you know. But it's all good. But, you know, Proverbs uh, 23.7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the way you think really puts you in the spot and where you're at, right? So, you know, some, I, I just started, I've been on this journey of the heart. Not, not just mine, but the heart in general, asking God what, you know, there's so many places in scripture that where God uses the word heart and he's not talking about a cardiac pump. You know, the Old Testament, he talks about it's your thoughts, it's your, it's the, the your, your place of feeling and emotion. In the, in the New Testament, we, we use the word soul, which is our suke. That's, that's part of your heart, but it's not the fullness of your heart because, you know, so I've just been just on this journey. It's, it started a, a while back and I've just kind of been on it and I just, that's how I start my day with God as I come back to him and say, Jesus, today I want to, I want to, I want, and I'm going to use the scripture, Psalm 119.11, is thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, if you plant the word of God into your heart, right, then David said that I, that I wouldn't sin. And see, I'm not that worried about sinning. Like, I'm not going to go off and go murder somebody. That's, uh, I would, that would surprise even me, you know. But it's the thoughts. Hebrews 4 says that, that the word of God separates the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. And I don't know about you, I'll just be real honest. Sometimes my thoughts and my intentions are not always good. Catch me at the Costco line, maybe on the freeway, when that person cuts you off, and the first thing that comes, see, it's, remember, it's out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So sometimes you're, what you say is telling on where you're at, right? So though we might, I, I mean, I joke about the Costco line or the driving on the freeway or whatever, but, 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 but those, see, I used to think if I don't say it, it's okay. If I just think it, then it's not a sin, right? But then I started realizing that God said in Hebrews 4, 12, that he's separating the thoughts and the intentions of my heart. So he doesn't care if I say it. He does care if I say it. Don't take me wrong. But it's not, but if I don't say it and I think it, it's still an issue. Right? But I know, I'll, I'll preface this part of it. But you don't ever think that way. You never, watch it. Psalm 119 goes on later in verse 105 to say is that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. I mean, I had to ask myself, do I really believe that? 
right? Because I wouldn't go down into the basement of my mom's house without a flashlight if the lights weren't working, right? But would I enter into certain places? Would I, would, do I find myself doing things without bringing the light of the word of God with me? I do. I find myself there and I had to say, wait a minute. Do I really believe that his word spoken to me from this book, this living logos, the living logos, right? That I need it so that I can, I can walk the right path, right? I want to be led by the spirit and I believe I am and I believe you are. But you know what? The more of this I have, hidden in my heart, the easier it is to walk in the Spirit. Right? It's like you have a flashlight and the flashlight has a beam on it. It kind of focuses a true, just what's in front of you. But the more of the Word of God you have, the greater the beam increases and goes wider and wider and wider so that your path becomes easier to walk on. Do you see that? That's how I see it. So I have to sit there and say, no, I need more of your word. I need so much more. And I don't need it in the sense of just like reading it and and trying to, to, but I, I need it to be active in my life. I need it to be current. I need it to be what he's saying to me today. I pray every single day. Sometimes I pray multiple times a day where it says in Hebrews uh, 3, it says, today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. That's become, that's probably become my, my biggest place. That's probably what started me on this journey of the heart was I kept saying, God, I don't want to harden my heart. I don't want to have a hard heart. I know you went to the cross, died for me, been raised from the dead, is now seated at the right hand of God, forever making intercession for me as my great high priest so that I wouldn't have a hard heart, that he could take my hard heart and make it a soft heart, a stony heart, and make it a pliable, flexible, believing heart. Right. So I don't want to have a hard heart, but I find out that I do or that I can have a hard heart. See, it's up to me not to have a hard heart, right? It goes on in that, in that scripture in Hebrews uh, 7. It says, it says uh, verse, uh, I don't know what verse it is because I'm reading it out of Psalm 95, verse 7 through 11. Verse 8 says, Do not harden your heart as in the day of the rebellion, as in the trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me and tried me, Though they saw my works, for 40 years I was grieved with that generation. And I said of that people, of those people, he said, eh, they always go astray in their heart. And they don't know my ways. See, I would tell myself, I don't want to go astray in my heart. I don't want to go astray in my heart. Right? But I found that I did go astray in my heart. So it wasn't just the ability to want to. There was some active, there was something I had to do to keep my heart engaged, right? Because, let's make it simple, because 
time. A hard heart is a hard heart because it doesn't believe what God's saying. Okay? A soft heart believes what he's saying. So you can easily test your, your, your heart today. You can easily test your heart. When Dan comes up and starts telling that testimony, and he, then he's praying and he's, he's, he's blessing all of you who have kids or grandkids or, or parents or brothers or sisters or someone who's gone astray, and you can engage your heart at that moment and you can believe that God can fully able to reach that one, right? And you can say when Dan's done, you can say, I agree with that, Jesus. You're fully able and you will do it. You will do it. Or you can go, hmm, are you able to do that for mine? You don't know the circumstances like God doesn't know the circumstances. But I've done that. I've done that. I said, you don't know the place where this one is. You don't know the circumstances. And, and I have to sit there and say, wait a minute. That's, uh, that's unbelief. That's just unbelief. Just call it what it is. That's what I'm having to do. For me, when I find myself in unbelief, I don't try to fool myself. I just acknowledge it. I say, I'm in unbelief. Right? Because it says here that it says that they knew his ways. But they were still unbelieving. So I have to say, okay, God, I, I want to know what you're saying. I want to know what you're doing. And that's good. But if I don't engage my faith to believe, then I can be disengaged from it, right? Or I can be not believing in what you're saying right now. Because it's today. Right? It's today if I hear your voice. I have to not harden my heart. I can't worry about yesterday what I did or didn't do, and I can't, I can't engage for tomorrow until I get there. It's today. It's right now. You good? Okay, because you got real quiet out there. Just thought maybe you, you know, didn't want to go. You were engaging. Thank you, Becky, for engaging. <laughs> See, And the way I find out where my heart is is the actions of what I'm doing, right? So Proverbs 14, 14 says that the backslider at heart is filled with his own ways, right? We think about that about the people whose names are in the bucket. The backslider at heart is filled with his own ways, right? But what about me when I'm filled with my ways? Don't always get a lot of amens when you preach that one. <laughs> Just don't, right? When I'm, when I'm about doing my way, not God's way, and again, we all consider that what we're doing is what God's doing, which isn't true. I'll just be the first to let you know that. Just because you're doing it and you're a believer and you're his son and your daughter and you're going about and you're doing your stuff, that doesn't mean that's what God's doing. 
okay? <laughs> Open the veil, look behind. It doesn't work that way. You have to do what God wants you to do, okay? And we're going to get into that, okay? Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Again, it's a heart issue. It's not my actions. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, your ways, your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Right? So I have to trust the Lord with all my heart. Okay, that's the places I want to trust him and the places I don't yet really want to trust him. Right? Because we all have those. I mean, Dan was real transparent up here. There was some points in there that Dan was, I had to be really real and say, God, I'm not trusting you here. And I don't believe that you can do it. Or that I'll see it in my life. That's real honest. Right? So there's points in our stuff. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Man, you know, I spend a lot of time leaning on my understanding. And I have to stop and say, wait a minute. That's my understanding. Last time I checked, God's bigger than my understanding. He can do exceedingly abundantly above more than I can ask or think. But I'm choosing to lean on my understanding instead of praising him, making him big enough so that I can say, God, you're fully able to do that. That's what Abraham said, right? Before Isaac, you know, you're fully able, fully able. I don't know how you'll do it. There's my problem. I'm trying to figure out how he's going to do it as opposed to just trusting and not leaning on my understanding, right? Anybody got an amen out there? Right? I mean, that's what, that's what it comes down to. I want to trust God in the thing I can understand that he'll do. I struggle with trusting him when I don't understand how he's going to do it. Or when. And then I lean on my understanding, thinking somehow that if I only understood, if I only said, God, if I just knew what you were going to do, I stopped praying that. God, I don't want to know what you're going to do because they... In, in Hebrews, it says they saw his ways and they still were unbelieving. So it's not about whether I know it or don't know it, right? I, I don't want to know it because I'm pretty sure if I know what you're going to do, I'm going to mess it up. And I don't mean that in the sense of me. I think we all do that. We all get interconnected into it and think, oh man, if God's going to do this and this is how he's going to do it and when he's done doing it this way, then he'll go do this and God's up there going, you don't have a clue what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something so much bigger, so much bigger. Dan, I was so waiting when you said the flowers were at the door. I wanted to say, oh, she's going to say dad. She's going to say dad. I know she, because she already said she already forsook the family. She wanted nothing to do with it. And I'm saying, and then she said it. My heart leaped. Why? Why? Because that meant she was connecting back to family. And see, that's what God wants. He wants to do it exceedingly abundantly above, more than you can ask or think. And I'm capable, and, and all I want to do is just lean on my understanding and see if he'll tr figure it out my way. He's so much bigger than that. He's so much bigger. 
All he wants us to do is just trust me. Trust me. I got it. And we're able to go, yeah, you got it, but when are you going to do it? <laughs> could, you, could you do it now? Could you do it now? Because I, I, I want to understand it. I want to see it. I want to... I, and God's like, no, don't worry about it. I got it. See, Ephesians 4 says, verse 17 says, This I say, therefore, and testify that the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of your mind, or their mind, but it's your mind. I'm here to say that my mind is futile it's unproductive. It's incapable of fully understanding how God's going to do it. And yet I try to think that I'm gonna, we're going to figure this out. Right? And God's up there going, no, I don't want you to figure it out. What I want you to have is a little bit of faith. Just a mustard seed. Just a little bit of faith. Can you just believe that I'm fully able and, and, and that all I'm going to do is good? Despite what you see, all I'm going to do is good. Right? He's going to lead us in triumph. Right? He's good and his mercy endures forever. So we have to, as a church, have to stop thinking that somehow, the only way we can stop thinking it is to keep telling ourselves so until we get the abundance of our heart to really believe that God's only good. Despite what's happened, despite what someone else told you, despite what some preacher told you, despite that something else, that somehow you just believe that God's not good. You know what? He's good. He's always good. He's always going to be good. He's never not going to be good. And when he's done being good, he's just going to pour out more mercy, more mercy, more. He's just going to keep pouring out mercy, right? Romans, Romans 5, 5 says he's pouring out love into your heart. You should never expect anything from God that doesn't look like love and mercy and goodness. And when you do, you have to, this is what I do. When that happens, I'll just, I'll just give you, I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you a little secret. When I don't feel like that, when I don't think like that, when something's like that happens, that's when I have to stop and go, wait a minute. I'm going to tell you something. I have to tell myself, you're in the flesh. I know, can you believe it? Your pastor is in the flesh. I know, but again, think about it. Sometimes just that honest to goodness real just for me. This is how I talk to me. This is how my lips, my thoughts talk to me, Brian. Because that's who I am. My soul is Brian. Right? And I have to tell myself, wait a minute. You're in the flesh. So of course you can't think anything good of God. Right? My flesh is that enmity with him. It's an enemy. Ephesians chapter 2. Right? It's that enmity. It's against God. It doesn't, it doesn't know how to walk in the spirit. Other words, it would. But see, then I tell myself, okay, so I'm not going to expect that my flesh can walk in the spirit because it can't, I, but I do have to expect that my spirit, which has been made alive, 
right? Fully is able to engage in that. I just have to think, I have to change what I'm doing, right? So if I'm leaning on my understanding, right, then I have to go, wait, stop that. Stop that. It's not doing you any good, right? It's not, I mean, is anybody's understanding causing them to just feel really good about themselves and have a great day? And this is awesome. I know exactly what's going to happen with the economy and the elections and the government and the world. My understanding has got this just fully understood. This is, it's, no. If I let my understanding go down there, it's like I had a dog. I had this little dog. Her name was Penny. Man, she was rambunctious. But if you took Penny out on a walk and you let go of that leash for a second, boom, she was gone. She was running, running, and she wouldn't come back. You'd have to chase her and and get a hold of her. That's what I'm like. That's what my soul's like. Right? If I if I if I think I've got it under understanding and under control, then my soul's just like, oh yeah, it's running. It takes the it takes the path of least resistance. Pastor would always say, <laughs> it's like it's like when you're just like, oh yeah, it takes the path of least resistance. It's like I go home, but stream a movie on Netflix, eat some pizza, and just sit in your pajamas. Oh, this is good. I don't have to think about right. And not that thou that's good or that's bad, but when your soul's running like, a, like, the, like the chariots, chasing after something like that, that's not the way to catch it and stop it. You'll not stop your soul by sitting and eating a pizza and watching Netflix. Your soul will just get big and happy and fat, and it'll get, oh, it'll be, right? But again, you guys don't ever do that. It's just my problem. And there's a bunch out there going, yeah, pastor, it is your problem. <laughs> First Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. I didn't even know my mind had loins. <laughs> but Peter says I'm to gird them up, okay, to be sober, to rest, listen, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children. Now take, stop everybody, everybody who's just mine ran off like that chariot. Not your obedient children as his obedient children because we're all like, wait, I never even knew a kid had to be obedient. Not conforming yourself to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Okay, that word conduct is not just your ability to do something. It's your behavior, and it's what motivates the behavior. That's the mind, okay? Gird up your mind. Rest it, set it on the grace that comes from Jesus, okay? And as an obedient child, obedient, that word is hupico, okay? That's where you always hear pastor, he says, to come under. Set your words under his word. Set your thoughts under his words, 
okay, and be obedient. Okay, that's to come under. That's to not love, not to lean on your own understanding, but to come under him. Okay, it's to come under. That word obedient, okay? It's not obedient like we want the kids to be, is do what I said and not what I do. Right? It's not, it's not, it's not a demand given. It's, a, it's the ability to come under and rest in that place. Okay? So it's his word. We come under his word. Okay? And that's 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We all want to pull down strongholds. We all want to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. But where are we casting down those arguments, those strongholds? Bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. See, you can't go out and cast down strongholds over the city of Camarillo and over the county and over Los Angeles if you haven't first cast down, right? You haven't first cast down the thoughts and imaginations of your own. You can't go out there and go, I'm going to just use all my authority in Jesus and I'm going to take down the principalities, the powers, the rulers, and the dominions of might that are over Los Angeles and take that place back for Jesus. Yeah, that's all true. You can do that. But if you haven't first done it for you, if you're not taking every thought captive and bringing it under the obedience of Christ, again, that word obedience is to be brought under, to put under, to hear under. If you're not hearing under his word for you, it's going to be really hard for you to believe to be able to hear under for something else. Right? But that's the weapons of our warfare. That's my warfare is first and foremost to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. So if you're watching the news, which I don't recommend, but if you want to watch the news, that's fine. If you're watching the news and you hear something and it gets you all frustrated and excited or mad, and then next thing you know, you find yourself yelling at the TV because they are, you know, a, a bunch of, and then you yell at them. You, you, you got to take that thought captive, right? Because what you hear is now having an effect on your soul, right? It's having an effect on your soul. And in the midst of it, if you don't take that thought captive, there you go. You're now going to run down that path on those chariots a long way away. And you know what? You're not going to, you're not going to see, you're not going to have any rest. You'll have no rest, Right? Because, you know, in Hebrews it says that the rest that you're striving to get into, do you know what that is? Is not doing what you want to do. Right? It's not, it's not me getting what I want. Okay, well, you guys don't believe me, I'll show it to you. <laughs> you all look at me like I'm crazy. Let me give you this one first. Hebrews 5, 7 starts off, it says, who in the days of his flesh, okay, so Jesus walked in the flesh, right? He was a fleshly man. He was, you know, he walked in the flesh. In the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears uh, to whom who was able to save him from death, 
and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, who's the son with a capital S? Jesus, just making sure. Yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Right? So, again, recap from two weeks ago. Did Jesus learn obedience on the suffering on the cross? Was it that kind of suffering? No. He suffered on the cross willingly so that we wouldn't have to. He was the offering on the cross. Right? He was the lamb on the cross. Right? The obedience, Jesus learned obedience. That's that same word. It's hupico. It's to come under. It's to hear under. He had to place himself under the words of Father. He had to place himself under those words. And he had to believe those words despite the circumstances that he saw. Right? Don't get a lot of amens for that. <laughs> so here's the thing. I said it two weeks ago. I'll say it again because it needs to be said because the church needs to understand if Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered and he was the, the son, right? If Jesus was the son who learned obedience by the things he suffered by keeping his words under the father's words, do you think that he's making, creating, fashioning, forming, transforming a bride that won't have to learn obedience by the things he suffers? Right? I, I, I'm just telling you, this is, this is how I think of things. I go, okay, so God, the reason I'm here, and I'm not talking about suffering like, like uh, a broken leg or some, some health condition. It's suffering is that I don't get to do what I want to do. Right? I have to put my circumstance under his word. Okay, I have to place it back under. That's obedience as a child. I have to place it back under and say, okay, God, this is where I'm at. I'm not going to look at what I see. I'm not going to judge things by the outward expression of what's happening, right? Because that's temporary, right? Eternal is in heaven. So I have to place, I have to take my mind out of today, out of the thing that I see, out of the circumstance that's causing me to lean on my understanding and not lean into him, right? I have to stop and I have to take that moment and I have to grab it captive, I have to take it obedient to Christ and I have to place it back under his word. Okay? And I do that time and time and time and time and time again, all the time, every day, all the time I have to bring it back under. There's sometimes it happens right away. There's sometimes I drag my feet because I don't want to be, I don't want to be brought under. My soul, it, I mean, it really likes it when it's there and it finds rest, rest for your soul, but it doesn't like getting there, right? Because it wants to do, it, it's my soul's way. It's been doing it a long time. And it doesn't want to be wrangled back under something else. It doesn't want to be put back under. Right? So, but that's how you walk in the spirit. Right? Because if I set my mind on, on earthly things, then I'll walk on an earthly process, on, or an earthly journey. Right? But if I set my mind on spiritual things, right? 
If I set him on higher in heavenly things, set him where Jesus is, right? That's what he said. He said, set your mind, come up here, look here, think here, come here. Don't, don't focus on what's happening out there because that's temporary, right? But go look at something eternal. Set your mind on the things above where I am forever making intercession. So you turn and you have to stop. But my soul in the midst of pressure, because that's what all trials are, is pressure. It's just pressure. It's what turns, it's what turns coal into a diamond, is pressure. We all want to be a diamond, but we don't want to be under pressure. Which means if there's no pressure in your life, then you're just a lump of coal. That's all, right? I mean, that's how I have to tell myself, oh, you know, you're just a big lump of coal there. You don't want, you don't want any pressure in your life. You don't want any pressure. My soul doesn't want pressure. What I want is I want everything to be easy and good. I want grace and favor, mercy following after me. And that's all true but I want to live it out in the expression that makes me feel good. I don't, want to have to, I don't want to have to stop and I don't want to have to work so hard at bringing my soul back under the word of God. Because see, if I've hidden it in my heart, it's there. But it's only active, it's only find, God will only find faith in it if I'm actively using it for the purpose it was meant, to separate my thoughts and my intentions. Did you get that? Right? That's when he's going to find faith on the earth. He's going to find faith on the earth when I'm actively using it is when it takes faith. Okay. I need to end. I've already gone over. So, pastor will have to let me come back in two weeks. (laughs) No, I don't mean that. Pastor will be... Trust me, Pastor will be led by the Spirit and put me up here at some other time. I'm not really ready or want to come up here. <laughs> I'll end with this. Colossians 3. Maybe I'll end here. Maybe I'll give you one more. Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you've been raised with Christ. Anybody here been raised with Christ? Seek those things which are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God and set your mind, your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden in Christ in God. And when Christ who, who is our life appears, then we will appear with him in glory. Set your mind, come on up Diana, set your mind on things above. Man, if you remember anything today, set your mind on things above. Too much of our days are spent looking at all the stuff that we see and know and understand, and yet we don't set our mind up to where God is. He's forever making intercession. Forever making intercession. That means he's, he's always holding the same words that he's holding right now as the words he's been holding. And he still believes. He still fully believes that what he did to become the, to, to become the lamb 
and to become the high priest and to hold his place as the apostle and high priest of our confession is still enough. He still believes it, right? And what he's looking down is to look at us and go, no, just believe me. Don't, don't, don't look at that. Don't concern yourself with that. Believe me. Will you believe me today? Will you, will you pull on me? Will you come under my word today in that circumstance? Come under it. Just come back under it. See, there's rest for your soul when you're yoked to him, right? We all know that. We've all said it. Huh? He says, my burden is, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Those were Jesus' words, right? But that's, that's, what, that's what you've got to do. You've got to yoke yourself to his word and back to him. And you've got to come back and you've got to do it. And it only, it only works when you're under pressure. It's, 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 it's unfortunate. It's, if, you, if there's no pressure on your life, that's why James said, when you, when you get into a trial or you get under some pressure, count it all joy. Why? Because you're going to get to see the kingdom. You're going to get to see God. You're going to get to fully pull on your faith and have, and have an experience with Jesus in it. Right? Because you won't have, most of us, it's like you, we, you just won't do it if, it does, if there's no pressure involved. Right? Because I don't know about you, most of us are lazy, spiritually lazy. Some of us are lazy too. I mean, that's not... But I'm saying, but we're spiritually lazy. We want someone else to do the heavy lifting. You know what? And what God's been getting on me is, is don't let someone else lift something that you can do. You have to do your part. Right? Because it's what each joint supplies. See, I need all of you and you need me. And we need the whole body of Jesus so that we can be joint fit together, right? And the pressure that comes is so that the body itself will become that bride. See, we want the end goal, but we're not sure we want to go through what it takes to get to the end goal. And I'm, and I'm guilty of that. I've been guilty to let someone else work hard in prayer. I've been guilty to let someone else look at the scripture and say, no, do, I need to do this for me. This is what I need to. So today, we're going to end. This time I really mean it. Um, I want to pray and I also want to ask the Lord to help us. Right? Because he sent a helper. He said it was expedient that I leave. It's expedient. It's very important that I leave because I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you a helper. And I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to help us this week. Start today. Start on the way home. And that, but to help us this week, that when we get in pressure, that we'd remember, that we'd remember, I need to come back to the words that I know. I need to come back and believe. I need to return. And when I return, I need to bring my words. I need to say what I believe. So Heavenly Father, I thank you. I'm so thankful for you. I want to, I want to, I want to give you praise, and I want to be thankful for what you're doing in this house, and over this body, and over your living body, Father. And I just would ask today that you would help us. You gave us a holy, you gave us the Holy Spirit to come alongside. Said He'd never leave us, He'd never forsake us. So it doesn't matter how bad or how good I am. Holy Spirit's still right there to remind me of the words that you, Jesus, have spoken. So I thank you for that. Help me. Help us. Help us to hear your voice, not to harden our heart, but
but to have a soft heart and believe, to turn to you, to return our words, to say what you're saying so that we can come into that place of faith. We can be like a ship that it's moving in the direction in which you're going because we've used what we have. We use our mouth to confess and our heart to believe in what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, church. We have, uh, we'll have Larry and Melanie on Wednesday, so if you can come out, come on out. It'll be, it'll be a great time full of Holy Spirit.